Good morning. Good morning, Harrison Faith. It is good to be, man, the energy in this place this morning. I'm back here, and I was almost going to run out and be out here for a few minutes. Man, it felt good. Thank you, church, for engaging and, and entering into his presence this morning. What an awesome time. It is good not only to be in the house of the Lord, to be a part of Harrison Faith. We just continue to, to just fall in love. Amen. God is doing some amazing, amazing things, and uh, I'm just grateful for this church, uh, for what God not only has done in us over the last few years, and especially over this last year, but as we've walked through challenges, it has been absolutely incredible to see what God has done in us. And let me just tell you, uh, from living in different states across, across the nation, this, uh, as we walk through challenges, this doesn't always happen. Okay, what God's doing here does not always happen, and it is just incredible. The testimony of your faith, your faithfulness, and your uh, attentive to him uh, rather than just a man. It is a good, good thing. So it is good to be in the house of the Lord. We're excited. We're excited for our new pastors that will be here uh, in the next month, and uh, just looking forward to all that God has in store. If you have your Bibles with you this morning or your iPhones or Android, you can turn to Jeremiah 17. We're going to be looking at Jeremiah 17 together today, and as you're looking there, uh, a show of hands, just, just kind of a little bit of an introduction, a show of hands, over the last few weeks, if you have used this phrase or you have heard someone use this phrase, I want you to raise your hand, I'm good, yeah, yeah, a lot of us, a lot of us in that, I'm good, so yeah, you may have had some scenarios like this, uh, hey, hey babe, you want to go to Walmart with me? Nah, I'm good. There's a lot of people you can't pay, man. It wasn't just COVID, but COVID, I, I know some people, they still have not set foot over the last two years in Walmart. They do the, the order online thing. Maybe you have a friend from work that uh, calls you or texts and says, hey, I'm stopping by Casey's or Sonic on the way, on the way to work. You want, you want something to drink, but you've already got coffee. What do you say? I'm good. I'm good in that. Uh, maybe you're at, sitting in Opalitos here in just a little while. And they walk up and say, hey, do you want some more chips and salsa? You say? No, you actually you don't. Nobody turns down chips and salsa. Yeah, nobody turns down chips and salsa. Or maybe your bride or your fiance or your girlfriend says, hey, babe, maybe next Saturday, can, can you go with me, go shopping? I've got a bunch of stores that I want to go to, and it really won't be all day. Guys, we want to say, I'm good. But Valentine's is tomorrow, so we really should say something, something else. Yeah, we get that. Maybe a true friend, a true friend that's walked through thick and thin with you says, hey, how are you doing? And your response is, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. You know, life is busy. Family life is busy. Everything's rolling, but, but I'm good. But are we really good? Are we really good? Jeremiah 17, 9 says this. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? I'm gonna read that again. The human heart is the most deceitful above all things. And desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Are we really 
good. Father, we praise you. I thank you again for this privilege and opportunity. I, I count this as a privilege and an honor to break the bread of life and to speak today. And I know the word that you've placed in my heart, God, but I pray not only that you would give us ears to hear this word today, but Father, I ask that all of us give permission to you today, Lord, to peer in and dig into our very souls today. That we don't just walk out of this place the same way we came in. I know that's a phrase we use all the time, God, but I pray today change takes place in this place. Change takes place in the core of us. And Lord, we praise you for it and we give you glory for it. In your mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. About a year ago or so, God began speaking this question into me and that phrase into me. Am I good? Am I good? I'm not talking about just a self-check kind of, are you good? Not the, are things okay in my life? Is there any turmoil or any strife going on in my life? No, I'm not talking about that today. I'm, I'm saying, am I good? Down deep inside of me, am I good? Maybe another way to say it, is there anything in me that is not good? good. As I've said many times in, in testimony and times that I've spoken, I, I'm blessed to say that I was raised in church uh, from the time that I was born and can count on, the, on one hand the number of times that I wasn't in church raised uh, as I was grown up. Our family life, even though walking through turmoil and through challenges, our family life was focused on God. Church, it revolved around being in church and church activities and in all of that. Some uh, in my teenage years, because I, I truly, I gave my heart, really gave my heart to the Lord when I was nine years old. And I began just my whole life just seeking after him and wanting to honor him and wanting to live a life that pleased him. Many friends and, and those that probably weren't friends either, many times would look at me and say, dude, you're just... You're just a goody two-shoes. You're just like, and I know that's an old phrase. You, you probably don't even know what that phrase means. But, uh, but goody two-shoes in that. I wasn't the one that was at parties and wasn't the one kind of going out. And some people maybe looked at my life as a, as a boring life. And I remember as a teen in church at different times that we'd have a speaker, guest speaker come in or various people in our church that would get up and give a testimony of this incredible transformation that took place in their life where they, had, uh, they had, uh, had walked through challenges and that at different times in their life they had been addicted to drugs and alcohol or addicted to different, different forms of addiction, just, just, just crazy turmoil in their life. They may have ended up in prison, like just uh, near-death experiences, all of these things. And I remember uh, thinking as I heard the transformation of what God did in their life, I remember thinking as a, as a teenager, God, I don't even know. I feel like you've got a call in my life, but I don't even know if you can use me because I don't have that. Like, I don't have, I don't have that testimony. Like, I'm going to get up and say I'm boring. You know what I mean? Kind of a deal. But God in those moments always said to me, you don't, you don't get it. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. And my story for you is that I kept you out of that. I kept you out of that difficult times, of those difficult moments. And all of that was incredible, and I'm grateful and thankful to God walking me through those teen years. 
But as I've lived my life over the last 30 plus years serving him and truly wanting to serve him, there have been many times and seasons in my life, and I know this is going to ring true for many of you sitting in here today that have been serving the Lord for a long time, and maybe some of you that have just been serving him for the last six months or so. But we all face a challenge, and I faced a challenge in my walk with the Lord when I found myself in a comfortable place. Anyone know what I'm talking about? A comfortable place. We're serving God. We're coming to church on Sundays. We're, we're in group life on Wednesdays and Tuesdays and Sunday nights. And we're doing a lot of things in the church. But we're in a comfortable place. We, for the most part, are living a sin-free life. Like, we're not committing the, the big obvious sins as if there's anything. Like, a, God doesn't have a grading system of, of sin of what's, what's that but not the big open sins that we know of. Like we're not, we're not committing those. We're living a good life. But are we lulled into a comfort zone that we begin to depend on our own goodness? We begin to depend on ourselves for our everyday normal stuff. We say, I'm good. Like, I'm going to go to God when somebody needs prayer, somebody has cancer, or somebody needs healing. I'm going to go to God in all of those moments. But, like, for my everyday life, I'm, I'm good because I'm, a, I'm good. Like, I'm a good person, so I'm good. But I want to shine a light on us all today. We're not good. We're not good. I want you to say it with me. I'm not good. I don't mean that to be depressing. We'll get, we'll get to the other side in a minute. I'm not good. You see, God is not fooled by our goodness. Others around us might be fooled by our goodness or the appearance of our goodness. Our own heart even might be fooled by our own goodness. As the scripture said, the heart is deceitful, the most deceitful above all things. We may even be lying to ourselves and believing the lie. But God knows us. He knows you. He knows me. He knows our innermost thoughts. He knows the intents of our heart. He knows all of us. The inside of us. Psalms 139, 1 through 6. David said it like this. Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down. You know when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel or when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm saying even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. Church, he knows us. Like, I know that's kind of an elementary thought, but think on it. Like, he really knows us. He knows everything about us. He knows the intents of our heart. Have, have, have you ever had one of these moments where you've been in, in a moment and you did something or you said something and then you walked away from that moment and you thought, why did I do that? 
why in the world did I say that? Like, blah. Why, like, why did I say it like that? Why? You see, those moments come from the intents of our heart that we may not even have dug into ourselves. The thoughts and intents of our heart, those are those areas in us that we may not have even discovered or even begin to deal with us inside. But here's the newsflash. God knows those. Like he knows the innermost parts of us that we may have pushed back from our childhood. We still don't want to deal with. We still don't want to go through. But he knows. And every once in a while in those difficult moments, those, they just kind of blurt out and those things happen. And we say, where did that come from? God knows that. He's not fooled by what we portray it to be, our Facebook life. He's not fooled by our goodness or the appearance of God knows us, yet he loves us. So what is in us? What are we dealing with that's at the core of us? Selfishness, I would say, is an issue that every single one of us sitting in this room today deal with. Yes, I said everyone. If you'll turn to your neighbor and say, did he just call me selfish? Now turn to your other neighbor and say, I think he did. I did. I did. Now you may not be walking your life as a full-blown narcissist, that everything in your life revolves around selfishness in every area of your life. But the reality is that we all deal with selfishness inside of us. You could say this, that selfishness is an or the underlying root of sin. Of sin. You name the sin, think about it for a moment, you're probably going to be able to go back to an underlying root of some level of selfishness. Let's think back to a a few stories from from the Bible. Adam and Eve, they ate from the tree of good and evil. Selfishness. Cain killed Abel. Selfishness. King Saul disobeyed God over and over, multiple times over, rooted in selfishness. David committed adultery with Bathsheba. Selfishness. Judas betrayed Jesus. Selfishness. Peter denied Christ. He denied even knowing him after walking with him for three years. Why did he do it? Rooted in selfishness. Sin And selfishness, unchecked, fester, and multiply like a cancer. Sin and selfishness, unchecked, will fester and multiply like a cancer. Selfishness is putting what you want right now in this moment above what God wants for you in this moment. In an everyday moment, that's selfishness. Selfishness. Selfishness shows its ugly head in so many ways in our lives. We tend to write that selfishness off as that's just the way he is, or that's just the way she is, or that's just the way I am. That's the way I was raised. Selfishness in our lives oftentimes is masked by a competitive drive to do more. A selfish ambition in our life. It is masked by it. Selfishness. So many different times 
It is easy for us to see selfishness in others, to see it especially in those that we love and that are closest to us. But man, it is so tough to diagnose and see it inside of ourselves. If you don't hear anything else I say today, I hope that you will take this nugget away from, uh, away from this message with you today. An unsurrendered, selfish heart mixed with justification leads to a dangerous and sometimes life-altering place. Do you think on that for a moment? An unsurrendered, selfish heart you may say, I've been living with, for the Lord for 30 years. Surrender means everything. So I've been serving the Lord for 30 years, and there's still parts of me that are being, the parts of the onion that are being pulled off that I'm realizing deep inside is selfishness inside of me. Unsurrendered selfishness inside of us, selfish heart mixed with the justification leads to a dangerous and sometimes life-altering place. There's a phrase that says, I deserve that. I deserve that. You know, on the, on the cool side of it, maybe we're living on a diet or, or working out like crazy, and then we come to the weekend and we want to reward ourselves. And we say, I deserve that. Okay, so I'm not really talking about that moment. That's on the lighter side of it. But I deserve that. After all I've done, after all I've done for them, or after all I've done for you, God, after all that has happened, I deserve fill in the blank. Man, what a dangerous place to be. The more you dab your toe in the I deserve that waters, the easier it is for you to begin to live in those waters. And before you know it, things that you said you would never do, never even thought, never even a thought in my mind, I would never do such a thing. But because of that unchecked part of my spirit that was selfish, that began to fester inside of me, and I began to justify it over and over Change happened in me, and I'm beginning to live my life in a way that I never dreamed that I would ever do. True self-reflection and allowing God and the Holy Spirit to search us and to bring light to to anything in us that is not good is so vitally important. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're on the flip side of things and you may say, Pastor Cody, I, I love that, that God kept you in your life and, and love that, that that challenge of I'm not good and coming to terms with that is in you. But maybe you're on the other side and like, look, I've known for a long time I'm not good. <laughs> like, I'm not good. But your battle is on the other side of that and it is that I'm not good enough because I know what's inside of me. I'm not good enough. You live your life pounded daily by the enemy whispering in your ear, reminding you of what you were. And he's telling you every single day that that's the real you uh, in that moment. And that you'll never change. Does that sound familiar to anybody in the house today? That's where you live your life. 
I want to give you an encouraging word and an encouraging note today that you're already a step ahead in the process because you already know your humanity. You're already aware of what's going on inside of you and aware of that. It's so vitally important. So when we coming to terms with our own humanity is the, a vital realization that must take place in our lives. Coming to terms with our own reality, our own humanity is, is vitally important. Not to just happen one time at these altars, but to happen on a regular basis, maybe even daily, that we remind ourselves of who we are. Because when we come to terms, when the more we come face to face what is really on the inside of us, our selfish thoughts, our selfish motives, the true intents of our heart, the more that we recognize our need for a loving God, the more we realize that the depravity of our own soul and realize what's going on on the inside, the more we realize today, I need Him. I need a loving God inside of me. The whole book of Jeremiah is about the the life of Jeremiah the prophet. It was God using him to warn Israel about the severe consequences of breaking their covenant with God. The severe consequences of choosing their life over God. The selfishness in their heart, the consequences of those moments. Of their idolatry and their and injustice. But throughout the whole book of, of Jeremiah, he also speaks of hope. And hope that can only come from God. Most of his messages to Israel were paired together. A warning for the children of Israel to turn away from what's going on in their life. Paired with the hope that can only come from God. Jeremiah 17 and verse 5. We'll just back up in the chapter just a little bit. This is his warning. He says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans who rely on human strength and who turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in a, the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. Reading this passage many times in my life that I read this passage, I took it literally Took it literally, and that's okay to do. We, we should be taking that. I want to look at it a little bit different here in a moment. But cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who put their trust in other people. Cursed are those who put their trust in man, who put their trust in relying on their, the others' human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. Cursed are those. But I want to look at it a little bit differently this morning. Aren't we mere humans? Aren't all of us sitting here today mere humans? Could it be read, cursed are those who put their trust in themselves. Who rely on their own human strength. And maybe not consciously turning away from the Lord. But subconsciously turning away from the Lord because we're placing our trust inside and on ourselves. Again, our hearts are deceitful and wicked. Trusting in ourselves and our own strength, it leads to destruction. It leads to cursings, not blessings. But here is the beauty of it all. The beauty of restoration, of salvation, of reconciliation in our life. Say it with me. I'm not good. 
but God is. Say it again. I'm not good, but God is. But God is. God is good. How good is God? How is he really? He loves us when we are unlovable. He keeps on loving us unconditionally, even when we turn our backs on him. He always wants what's best for us. He protects us when we put ourselves in difficult places. He guides us in paths of righteousness. He strengthens us when we are weak. He speaks life into us. Uh, He binds our broken hearts. He comforts us. He rescues us. He is our healer. He is always faithful in our life when we don't deserve to be have a faithful God. He is compassionate toward us. He is merciful, filled with mercy and grace when not a thing that we do deserves mercy and grace in our life. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is our provision. He said the word says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. He he gave us the greatest gift in the history of heaven and earth. He gave us his son, Jesus Christ. He is our savior. He is our king. Our God is good. We may not be good, but our God is good. Jeremiah, continuing on, chapter 17, now with verse 7 and 8. Jeremiah gave the warning to Israel, but now he's giving the hope. But. I love it when the but's in the word. (laughs) Maybe we should put our butt in the word. (laughs) Sorry, Mom. (laughs) I wasn't allowed to say that growing up, so I had to take every chance. I'll probably have to wash the dishes later. (laughs) But blessed are those who trust in the Lord. Who've made the Lord their hope who made the Lord their confidence they are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit but not cursed but blessed I don't put my trust in myself because I'm not good I put my trust and my hope in the only one that is in him I am blessed not cursed say it again with me I'm not good but God is worship team if you'll come forward Isaiah 40 verse 28 through 31 says it like this and it'll be on the screen for you have you never heard Have you never understood the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth? He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak. He gives strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired. Even young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who what? Who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. We serve a good, good God. We're not good. We're not good when we place our trust in ourselves. When we listen to the deception of of us. When we live our life even just a little bit selfish. 
When we walk in that moment, we are not good. We are only saved by His mercy and by His grace because He is a good God. But when we place our trust, when we place our hope, when we place our focus and our dependence on God, we are blessed and we open the door to God to continually transform us from the inside out. I'm not good. But my God is. I'm not good. But God is. If you'll stand with me. Bow your heads with me. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Cody, I've heard the word that God placed on your heart today. And I know I'm not good. I walked into this place today knowing that. And truthfully, I've never given my heart to the Lord because I knew I wasn't good. I thought I wasn't good enough for Him. But I do know that God is good. I don't want to be the same me anymore. I don't want to walk the same way anymore. I don't want to live my life filled with selfishness and selfish tendencies in my life anymore. I want to know him as my savior. If that's you this morning, if you'll just simply raise your hand. There's no one looking around. Just raise your hand. I see those hands. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, Pastor Cody, I've, I've, I've been trying to live the life for the Lord for a while, but If I'm honest with myself, the selfishness kind of took over. And I'm just checking boxes. I'm just coming to church on Sundays. And I'm not really trying to let God bring change into my life. But I don't want to live that way anymore. I want change in me. And I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. I've given it my heart to Him before. But I really have turned my back and walked away. If that's you, if you just simply raise your hand. This morning. See that? A church to you. If you say, Pastor, I've been living for the Lord for a while. I, if I'm honest with myself, I do find myself in a comfort zone. And I know there are parts in me, there's selfishness inside of me, roots inside of me that I know God still is trying to deal with inside of me. I don't want to find myself years down the road with something unsurrendered inside of me that changes my life for the worse. I want God now in this moment to root it out of me, to dig deep inside of me, to remove the selfish tendencies of my heart. I love him and I'm serving him on a daily basis. But I'm still on this side of heaven. 
and I'm not perfect. I need him today. If that's you, if you'd raise your hand. I see those hands. If you raised your hand for any of those three scenarios, any of those three questions, I'd love for for all of you to come down to the altar. Even if you didn't raise your hand, but you were feeling it in that moment. Uh, The worship team is going to begin to sing here in just a moment. But I'd love for all of you, uh, prayer team, if you guys would go ahead and come forward. And be ready to pray. But if, that's, if you raised your hand for any of those moments, I encourage you to come down. Come down and pray. Our God is a good, good God. If we're all real with ourselves, we're dealing with this every single day. Every single day. I encourage you. Come on down. Worship team is going to begin to sing. We'll worship the Lord together. But our God is a good, good God.